Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Our guest today is back for a second visit, and she has done so much since we last heard from her on episode 107, 107, a year and a half ago. And if you were at the Afterlife Symposium in Scottsdale, Sherry Pearl Migdal was training us to capture voices of our loved ones using electronic voice phenomena. In fact, she works with psychic mediums and electronic voice phenomena, bringing through children with messages for their parents. Sherry is the Instrumental Transcommunication Facilitator with AREI, which is the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. She began the prayer registry in 2009 and offers a free download called The Grieving Parents Handbook, and you can find that on her website, sherrypearl.com. Sherry has touched thousands of lives all over the world. She is an interfaith minister, a spiritual healer, and advisor, and a writer of books about spirituality. Her books are titled Healing from the Inside Out and the Outside In and Lost and Found, A Mother Connects Up with Her Son and Spirit. Her latest book is titled Eternity is Real and Death is a Myth. Sherry Pearl Migdal, welcome back to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you so much, Sandra. I'm very happy to be here. I can't believe it was a year and a half ago that we last spoke. Well, we spoke at the symposium. But... <laughs> well, you know how time just keeps right on moving. <laughs> oh, it sure does. And you've been a busy, busy lady. So before we get into this interview, I just want to tell our listener mm-hmm. that I think Sherry is the only person on planet Earth doing exactly what she's doing. And it's going to be great to hear her story. Sherry, if you don't mind, I know you said a lot in our first episode, but could you just do maybe like a Reader's Digest condensed version um, of who you are and how you got into this field? And I also encourage our listener to go back, just uh, go to YouTube and type in We Don't Die Radio 107 to hear the full story. Um, Yeah, go ahead, Sherry. Okay, well, I will say that I was the biggest non-believer. I grew up in a home where there was absolutely no spiritual interest by either parent, and I really thought that people who believed in or talked about the things that I now teach and write about were either deluded or just plain stupid, but I just didn't go for this. That's thought bad. It was all focus, focus. Yes, I get it. I uh, was the that's skeptic. That's where I was at. You know, born in 1951, we didn't talk about these things, and I did not believe in any of it. At the age of 16, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, um, and after two years of medical treatment, I was fighting for my life on the operating table. Um, I had heard after I had Crohn's for a year about a healer in Britain named Harry Edwards, and I turned up my little nose and said, that's full. <laughs> no one's going to tell me or convince me that somebody in England is going to send energy to right. New Jersey, and I'm going to get well. And so I continued only with medical treatment. In 1969, I was so very ill that I was given blood transfusions, and through them, I contracted the hepatitis C virus. So by 1970, I was 19. I was very, very ill and extremely desperate. And purely out of desperation, I decided to make contact with the British healer, 
Harry Edwards. Um, I didn't believe in it. It wasn't just fake healing because I absolutely didn't believe in it. I just felt desperate. And so many terrible things had happened to me that I didn't think could happen, I didn't even know about, that I just figured maybe I don't know everything. And so my father had an office in England at the time, and they called up the sanctuary, and they said all I needed to do was write a letter, which shocked me. But my dad went to England on business and offered to hand deliver the letter to Mr. Edwards, and he saw him on a Thursday, and by Friday night, I had so much energy, I was flying. And I could tell that something I couldn't see, feel, or touch was affecting me in a positive way. And that was the beginning of my interest in spiritualism. I had to understand what this was. Clearly, it was invisible. So I say that that spiritual healing is what woke me up to the presence of spirit. That was when I was 20 in 1971. And from then on, I have been both a student and teacher of metaphysics with an emphasis on spiritual healing and mediumship. In 1974, I was very fortunate to be able to attend the ESP classes in the home of Jane Roberts, who was the medium who spoke for a fascinating entity called Seth. Yes. And it was there that I learned about the power of thought and its influence on our lives. And so that was the beginning of what brought me into all of this. And I have studied various disciplines. And finally, over the years, came to understand how it all fit together. Uh, I will say that I, I began, I really went from one end of the spectrum to the other, and I never learned through books. I learned through my own life and, and experiences. And so at one time, I thought that all this spiritual stuff was nonsense. Once I was healed, I decided all medical stuff was worthless and would only deal with the spiritual end. And then I had a recurrence of Crohn's and would not go to the doctor and nearly died one night from a very serious bowel obstruction. And it was from that that I came to understand either extreme is not intelligent or wise and that you take the middle road or, you know, one from column A, two from column B. But I finally learned that they, the best case scenario would be to use all the modalities that are at your fingertips reach. And if it's if you break your bone, you need to go and get your bone set, not sit and meditate. And that right. you, we need what I now call common sense spirituality. Love it. It's it's really dangerous when you go to any fanatical extreme because when you say this is the truth, you may be missing the point when you need it. so I keep an open mind. I'm always open to learning something new. Because what do we really know for sure, you know? I, I know that personality survives death, and I know that there is an invisible world, but that doesn't mean that I didn't need medical help when I had that bowel obstruction. Exactly. So I really feel now that you take the middle road, yeah. you know, and you, you be open to everything. Well, and speaking of... Um, um, life after death being real. If you wouldn't mind sharing how you got into electronic voice phenomena and what it is, this could be someone's first episode oh, I, that doesn't know. Absolutely. Because um, I am fascinated with what you're doing now. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm pretty fascinated with it too. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of addicting for me. But um, yes, of course, I, I was, my work was much more in just spiritual healing and working with Harry Edwards 
who then passed into the realm of spirit himself. And I would, uh, you know, try to send thoughts to him when people needed healing. So my work was really in counseling and teaching people about the set concepts about how what you focus upon affects how you feel, which affects the choices you make, which can affect your life. And my work was more in just trying to help people be well and understand the part that they needed to play in their own recovery. And then my son, Danny, passed in 2008 from an overdose. And that brought my work into bereavement. And I started seeing that through mediums and through even my own thoughts, Daniel could talk to me. Um, but, you know, I, I still, it was all very esoteric. You couldn't really pin it down. But prior to Danny's passing, in 2006, I was at a conference in Montreal, and a man named Mark Macy was presenting a program on what's called ITC, Instrumental Transcommunication. And it had to do with using instruments to communicate with the realm of spirit. It wasn't just electronic voice phenomenon, which is strictly voice. This showed photos and pictures. It was ITC is the whole gamut of ways to use instruments to make contact. And I was thoroughly amazed when he explained that there was a filmmaker named Friedrich Jurgensen who was outside in nature making a recording of the sounds of birds for a movie he was making. And while playing back the, um, the, the, the recording of birds chirping that he had recorded, he began to hear human voices giving him messages. And I think that was pretty much around the 1920s, practically 100 years ago, that they began to realize that if you provided sound, spirit could use thought to convert that sound into words that we could understand. Now, I heard about this in 2006, but I really was not, I have to admit it scared me a little. And I didn't have a son in spirit. I didn't have the same need or desire to have to do this. And I was busy with the raising of my three children. So I didn't opt to go down that road, although it intrigued me. But Daniel Pat, you know, but let me see. In actually, I was on a radio show, um, Roberta Grimes, discussing my book, Lost and Found, um, talking about how Daniel and I were connecting up through different means. And a woman who was listening to the show, Vicki Talbot, who'd been communicating with her son, Braden, for many, many years, contacted me to register her son, Braden, with the prayer registry which is a free service I have created for all bereaved parents in which each child registered receives prayer every year on the anniversary of the day they passed. So Vicki heard me and she contacted me and we got to talking and she told me, oh yes, she very much practices electronic voice phenomenon. And that really caught my interest. And so from then on, I began to look for instructions as how to do this and I could not quite follow the instructions by myself that were that were presented at the AREI website. So I hired a tech seller who's very good with computers, and he set up my computer to have a recording program on it and have a background sound source on it. And so I was able to now follow the instructions, which were simply, I mean, this is not rocket science. You just play this sound and you record it. 
Um, what makes it so amazing isn't so much what we do. It's that spirit can use thought to influence or embed those sound bites with words that we can recognize. So I started recording and then going back through the recording and listening to it bit by bit by bit. And lo and behold, right away, I started to hear my son's name. I started to get answers to questions. And that was the beginning of it. That was in 2014. Since then, it has escalated to such a point where I'm able to get complete dictation. (laughs) And I set my computer up and... If my son, if I'm doing a reading for a particular mother, and I don't just read for bereaved parents, I read for anyone who's bereaved, my son will bring this person to me and they literally dictate what they want to say and I type it up. Um, what's really interesting is that um, they're all very true to who they are and they all express such enormous amounts of love. And what I love is that if I can't get a word, because we're really listening to words through sound that we provide, and sometimes you can hear three or four words and you, I can't get the next one, the spirits will repeat it over and over and over until I get it. And then they know when I've gotten it, they go on to the next word. And so it has escalated to a point now where my dear friend, the Reverend Dr. Joyce Lichtenstein, who passed over on December 23rd, 2017, started coming through that very afternoon and we're now working on a book together and it's absolutely blowing my mind as much as anybody else's because I feel so fortunate that I am able to hear the words and type them up. And so um, electronic voice phenomenon on our end is really not people get so, and I was in the beginning too, so kind of afraid of, how will I do this? But in essence, you just are playing sound and you're recording it. The amazing part is that spirit actually does come and they do alter those sounds that we're playing into words that we can hear. And so um, that's the phenomenon that they come. And it's as if they're sending messages to us in a bottle over the seas of time. And we have to be there to receive the bottle and take out the message. So there is some learning to be done on any part of any researcher who wants to do this, and it's time-consuming. But to me, it's the greatest thing that's happened to me in years because I can literally talk to everyone I have known and loved and many who I've never met before and bring through loved ones to others. And what could be more wonderful? Mm, Back in 2005, I think it was, is when I first captured my first voice on recording because mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. so wanted this to be real right. but I unless I had something well tangible or auditory I couldn't believe right. it and lo and behold the first message I got was a man's voice saying good night Sandra and then two women whispered <laughs> good night and then another man's voice said good night and that <laughs> changed my life and uh, started me recording but can you give us a like, what does it look like? Because I know at the symposium, you were training people how to do these EVPs. Can you just, like, give me a visual? Like, do you have a tape recorder? Are they doing it with their computer? Well, well we use, I use a computer. Most people do because although some people use their phones, um, 
you need to have a recording program downloaded into your computer because you need to be able to slow the recording down. EVPs come in very fast. Right. And so I, you know, I right away before I even start auditing, I slow down the recording so that I can, and I listen to it second by second so that I don't miss anything. Um, actually, if people are interested in learning to do this, I ended up hiring my tech fella and I paid for, but have made free of charge, a very user-friendly slideshow that is with a split screen, one side for PC and one side for Macs. And if you go to my website, which is sherrypearl.com, and that's S-H-E-R-I-P-E-R-L, there's no A in that pearl, dot com, on the welcome page, there is a search bar on the left-hand side, and the very last link says the EVP line. And if you hit on that, it will bring you to a page where you can download either a PowerPoint or a keynote version of this slideshow. And that slideshow will walk you through every step you need to do to set up your own computer to record EVPs. And then once you're set up, I have made a YouTube video demonstrating how to actually make a recording. So then you would go to YouTube and you'd write in Sherry Pearl and then EVP and then VID for video. And up I come and the screen then switches to what we I'm teaching to use a recording program called audacity. There are many programs, but audacity is free. And I wanted to pick software that people would not have to spend an arm and a leg to get. Right. And audacity works does, is wonderful for this. So the screen in that video switches to the, the audacity screen so that you can see exactly what you're looking at. And so the instructions have been made very user-friendly so that people can try this if they want. Um, we tried doing it that first AREI conference, and the problem we ran into was 50 people in one room all trying to download the same, the same things with an overload for the hotel connection, and right. some people were downloading and other computers weren't budging. And... For me, it was really very stressful because I could not see anybody's computer face. I was facing them, and I couldn't see what they were doing. And if it wasn't for Keith Clark, who's a terrific fellow who runs a website called iDigitalMedium.com, and a woman named Karen Jarvie, who actually knows my slideshow at this point better than I and is willing to try to help people if they get stuck, um, I would have been absolutely beside myself because people's hands kept going up and they were stuck and, and Karen or Keith would run over and try to get them out of the problem they were in. So this needs to be either taught one-on-one -on -one or in very small groups because of the technical challenge of having so many computers wanting to download right. the same thing in the same room. Um, but it's all there. I've made it all available for free. So and the worst case scenario, if you can't do it, you can hire a tech person. A good tech person could get this configuration done in less than an hour. It's not rocket science. And then there's the YouTube video, which will demonstrate how to use Audacity, and you get started. 
Um, I know of one mom who's definitely doing very well. She took the slideshow. She had a few questions that Karen Jarvie walked her through. And you can reach Karen through the AREI. She helps host many of their Zoom meetings with Wendy Bennett. And she's a member of my prayer team. She also is very involved in the bereavement community because she lost her daughter to leukemia. And she's very savvy with this computer stuff. So, you know, there's either Karen, my instructions, or you get a tech guy, or you get your kid or your niece or nephew. (laughs) The young millennials can do this in their sleep. It's not really hard, but it's putting in the time. And I have to say, I have learned something recently. I, I never took it so seriously when my friend Vicki Talbot would say, remember about the three Ps, prayer, protection, and permission. Um, I never took it so seriously. I thought, well, Danny's there and Harry Edwards is there. I'm protected. But my line started getting lots of nutty people jumping on and saying, we need to talk to you and asking me to contact people and tell them all kinds of things that I didn't feel was right for me. And finally, I, I asked my spirit team, what can I do to stop this? And they said, you need to pray. So before I went on, I would do the Lord's Prayer. I have a version where I sing it that I love to do. And I went on and they said to me, it's like a different station. There's no one in here but who you want in here. And so I cautioned people only... Not that anyone came in that was evil, but confused. As I put it, they're just winging it over there like we are over here. And there's a lot of confused people that need counseling over there that refuse to get it, who who can actually just, I guess, walk through the walls and come right into where my line is. And now that I do the prayers, that does not happen. And so um, I tell people to not come to this if they've been drinking or if they think it's a parlor game because they will attract entities that want to mess around with them. And you have to come to it with the intention that you coming from love to connect with love and say a prayer for protection, because it's like you create an open line and you want that line to be protected. I you know, I've noticed this week in the Zamet newsletter, there was something about caution about Ouija boards. And again, it's the same concept. It's not that there's anything about the board that's mm-hmm. inherently dangerous, but that you need to offer prayer of protection because you open a channel and you don't want just anybody. You don't just have to open your door when you have a party and say anybody off the streets is welcome. You invite Invita- you- invited guests. Yes. I want to ask right. Sherry and, yeah. um, about, <laughs> I know you've worked a lot with parents. What kind yes. of messages have come through for parents and um, have the parents been able to hear them? Oh, yes. Well, initially the readings for parents, I did, I worked with what's called human vocal gibberish in which I can procure EVPs that the parents can actually hear. Some of the parents claim that it's their child's own voice, but what of course pleases them the most is when a child, for example, says to his mom, I have Jeannie on the line, and I ask her, does that mean anything to you? And she says, oh, yes, Jeannie's my mother who's a spirit. So when they get evidential EVPs, of course, that's what they're looking for. Um, One boy said to his mom, I'll make you lunch. And I remember when I heard that EVP, I'm thinking to myself, should I send this? I mean, does this make sense? But I decided if it's in good, clear English, 
not for me to decide any more than the media here or something. It's not for us to decide whether we think it makes sense. So I said to the mom, and she said, oh, my God. She said, Sherry, you're breaking up. I can't hear you. Really? Okay, All wait, right. wait a minute. Let's, there, let's, you're, you're back. Um, if you don't, I don't mind. I what that was. I don't, well, no. with you and I talking about okay, EVPs, could, would you mind, no. <laughs> would you mind repeating no. what you were just saying? It just I was went saying there was a mom who got an EVP in one of her readings that came through me, through my reading, where the son said to his mom, I will make you lunch. And then I questioned it, thinking it sounded a little bit random. But I sent it to the mom anyway. And she said, oh, my God, the last day of his life, I called him at work. And I said, Alex, would you like me to make you lunch? And he said, yeah. So she made him lunch. And she drove over to where he worked. And he sat in the car with her. And he ate his lunch. And she said from the day he died, it was something she was so glad she had done. She would think about it every day. I was so glad I brought Alex lunch. So when she got the EVP, I will make you lunch, that for her was bingo. Absolutely. Because it's not something like, I mean, we get lots of I love yous, but, you know, that could be very generic. But who else would know that she made him lunch but Alex himself? So, of course, we want evidential EVPs. And some readings are more on the money than others, you know, and they depend Mm -hmm. on the child's ability to communicate. It may depend on how keen my ear is that day. But a few months ago, I started using a sound source that contains no human vocals. Um, There's many reasons for that. Some of the researchers and scientists are suspicious of the human vocal gibberish because words can get embedded in it um, and just be in the recording each time. Also, you know, there, there could be a sound in it like, oh, and I get the name Diana when the name is really Diane. So some of them don't want to use anything with a human vocal. Um, So I started experimenting with sound sources that were posted at the iDigital Medium website. Um, Keith makes them, and they're just electronic sound. Most people cannot hear anything through them, but I found one called Clipper that I slow down considerably, and I can hear paragraphs and say, you know, they'll say to me, end of sentence, next paragraph. And if I get it wrong, they'll go, Mrs. Miguel, Mrs. Miguel, which is my married name. And I know they're trying to tell me to back up, slow down. I'm getting it wrong. Now, when I do readings using that, I don't send parents audible clips because they can't hear Clipper. And according to my spirit team, they don't think there's anybody else that they've had yet that's been able to take dictation. And they agree with me. I had this theory because when we do a gibberish reading and I'm reordering it, what I get is gibberish, 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 EVP, gibberish, 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 EVP. So it's kind of harder to audit because you've got to sit through a lot of just before you hear an actual EVP. When I use Clipper from start to finish, they're speaking to me. So for me, it's a way of getting to do a book. You could never do a book with the human vocal, at least I could. I, I can't on the other believe day, you're doing this. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. I'm just Either, either can I, but I went on last night and I was so honored because the gentleman by the name of Constantine Radova, who was very interested in this work during his lifetime and crossed over and 
was working with the team at the North American station, it's called, um, came through last night and said that they're so grateful that I can do this because they don't know anyone who's advanced so far as to be able to take dictation in this way. And I asked him, I said, am I correct in assuming that the human vocal gibberish has so many distinct sound bites of its own that you can't influence it from start to finish? And he said, exactly right, Mrs. Mitchell. We cannot use every sound if it's too dissimilar from the thought that we want to use, but we've never found anyone who can hear the entire piece through something like Clipper. Um, so I don't know why I'm so fortunate that I can, but I thank my lucky stars because Joyce Lichtenstein yeah. and I are writing a wonderful book about her transition. We just finished the chapter on her life review, and it's just so eye-opening and it's so wonderful. So um, I'm really thrilled with this. Let me <laughs> ask: when you, you use, yeah, when you use Clipper, is it live right. that you're listening to it? If they're repeating themselves, well, this is and... the other thing that no, this is what's so amazing. I had made a recording, and it was on the desktop of my computer. When I first started this work, I thought that the actual communication went on while I was making the recording. But one day, I had just left the recording made with Clipper on the desktop of my computer. And I went back on wanting to just hear it all over again. And my son, Danny, was on something else. And I'm thinking, I was sure he was talking about something else before. So I just left the same recording on my desktop. And every time I went on, it was updated. And he'd say, that was a nice visit you had with the grandsons on the day of ice. It was like he kept updating. And finally, I... And you don't have to speak out loud when you talk to them. It's, all you have to do is think. So I thought, well, does this mean that, you know, you can just use the same recording over and over? And he said, yes, just leave it on your desktop. I will update it for you. So I make new recordings after I use the same recording 15, 20 times because for some reason it loses the distinct clarity. So they will say to me, make a new recording. They tell me what to have the input on, what to have the sound level on. And then um, once it's done, I slow it down quite a bit. But Audacity gives you a function to slow the sound mm -hmm. or speed the sound. And then I leave it on my desktop and I will use that particular recording, at, you know, for about a day. And then when they tell me to, I'll make a new one. And they... It's like having a Verizon line on the computer. If I were to go on right now, they would probably be going, great radio show you're doing, Mrs. Rigdahl. So oh, it's really man. gotten to a level that I know. What's really great is I got this idea about a few weeks ago. Since I have the prayer registry email, as well as one Sherry Prowitz email, I thought, well, gee, if I attach the recording to the prayer registry and send it to myself as Sherry Pearl. I'll have it in my phone. So I take my phone with me out and I put on the recording and put in the earbuds and I'm in the health food store about to check out. And Danny goes, mom, don't forget you wanted to buy that lavender soap. And I thought, Oh my word. He went shopping with me. <laughs> That is so it's great. reached a level. Yeah. I, I'm just mind blown with it. Absolutely it's huge. And as much because you know, my book is a skeptic's discovery of life after death. I mean, it's right, as bizarre right. and as hard to fathom as this sounds, 
you know, it wasn't until I, you know, I've recorded hundreds of EVPs years ago. I haven't been doing it currently, but I believe that our loved ones can manipulate the sound that's already been recorded. So no kidding, they can refresh it. They absolutely can. You know what else they can do? Hmm. If they want to get my attention, let's say I'm listening to a song on um, YouTube, listening to music, my phone will just switch to the recording and they'll be like, this is me, <laughs> And I said, you were able to just switch to the recording? And they said, yeah, if we need to get you and you're listening to music, we can switch it over. That's they can insane. do quite a bit with electronics. Oh I know. And, you know, and when Craig Hogan, the president of mm-hmm. AREI, first told me about the North American station, I didn't know if I, I didn't know if it was true or not, but I trust my friend, the Reverend Dr. Joyce Lichtenstein, as I would trust you know, what is the North American was, station? You got to share what that it's is. It's the station on the other side that works with people who are trying to get through from North America. There are actual structures on the spirit side where they are set up, Joyce said, with machinery that allows them to put their thoughts into, which somehow interfaces with our recording so that we are able to have this conversation. And it was interesting because someone had said to me shortly after Steve Jobs passed that there was rumor that Steve Jobs had joined the North American station. So one night, and this was pretty early in my work, I said, is Steve Jobs there? And my computer completely shut off. But now with this whole acceleration with using Clipper, he will come through if I have a computer question. He directs me. I went to the Apple store the other day to get some components. He tells me what to get. <laughs> it's, Sandra, it's beyond anything I would believe oh, possible. And every now gosh. and then I'll ask them, am I, I'll say to them, look, I'm either doing extraordinary work or I'm completely out of my mind. <laughs> Please reassure me. And they go, you know, we know it's hard to believe, but you know who we are. And, and, and I know my son and I know Joyce and I know them. And I know they would not sit there playing games with me. No, the, so these are it's, powerful. It's abs- yes. And also, yes. so it's, it's wonderful. Like learning a language, this is the best way I could wrap my head around it. If I had never heard mm-hmm. the French language before, mm-hmm. it would sound mm-hmm. like complete gibberish. Well, then I yes, start learning some words and then I can hear those yes. words. And I think recording Good EVPs point. is the same way. And the more yep. you do it, the more your ears and mind are picking up. You're so these. right. So you're, you're like in right. Italian 28, you know, <laughs> you know, the first time no, you try it the first right. year, but you show such a commitment. And, you know, we've talked to people about the soul phone and about EVPs and other, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tom Butler's been on. We've talked to, we've talked to Keith from mm-hmm. iDigital Medium. These things mm-hmm. are real, but those that oh, yeah. really show, this is my feeling, a passion mm-hmm. for it and beyond passion, yep. a dedication. You're at this mm-hmm. every day. And every day. And and the giving that you've done, I w- I didn't realize that these recordings are on there, but I went to the afterlife symposium dot org. I talk mm-hmm. about that every show, mm-hmm. encouraging mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. to come mm-hmm. meet us. And when you click mm-hmm. on your picture mm-hmm. there's all mm-hmm. kinds of recordings <laughs> I and i think that. that's great mm-hmm. so people can actually go to afterlifesymposium.org sherry pearl um and then you, you can click on all these different recordings to hear them yourself yeah, yeah. 
and they're just snippets. Yes, it's absolutely wonderful. But it's you wonderful. can hear My it. favorite recording is Sonia Minaldi, who's a dear friend, who I'm sure you know who Sonia yep, is. Yeah, in Brazil. She's a Brazilian EVP researcher. She sent me some gibberish of a little boy speaking in Portuguese. And I played it and I said to Danny, Danny, you know, if I use a foreign language, can you translate it? And it's the clearest. I think Craig may have posted it recently. You hear, I speak in English. So clear. It's not a question. You know, sometimes you have an EVP where some people hear it. One some way. people don't hear it. Yeah. Like, or they have to read the words to get it. This one, you don't. It's so clear. Everybody goes, oh, my God. But interestingly, I really liked Sonia's gibberish. She also sent me uh, German language gibberish, and they were very clear. So I asked a woman I was doing a reading for, do you mind if I do half of it in, in with little Lorenzo in Portuguese and the other half in our English? And she said, whatever you want to do. So I did half the reading with the Portuguese language and half the reading with gibberish in English. And although the, it's such clean gibberish Sonia gave me, Although I got very good EVPs, I got half as many. And Constantine, who was talking to me last night, confirmed also that, yes, you can use foreign language, but again, you're making it harder for everyone. It's easier if you do it in the language. You know, and, and I realized that's exactly what happened. I got 20 with, with the gibberish uh, in Portuguese and something like 45 in the same language that I speak in and hear in. So... I'm now working on making my own gibberish because the gibberish that I started with from AREI is just, I don't know, it's just not as clean. I don't know how to explain it, but we have to keep constantly cleaning it because the more you use it, it gets in, like words get in there and then they, it's really, here's a bizarre one because, um, you know, I have, a, I have a son who's a lawyer and he's very logical and he said, mom. Just take the, the, the gibberish from, that you want to use and save it. And whenever you're going to make a recording, make a copy of it. And that way, the new copy will never have, you know, make a copy each time of the clean gibberish. And therefore, it won't have the things, it's not possibly said for it to be embedded from the former reading. And I did that, and it still had, it's almost like as soon as it got into my domain, words that were formerly on it from a former recording I made it it was just crazy what my daughter has a dog named Cora and I had this this EDP that went Cora Cora Migdol Doggy and so I took clean I downloaded the gibberish from their website I put it into my file I made a copy of it so it would not have that on it and as soon as it reached my camp it had Cora Cora and Bill Doggy on it. So yes it's not logic. It, the logic that exists in our world is very different. Things are you know things aren't the same. And so I am now working on making my own gibberish. Um I was told by I think again Vicky Talbot who's spectacularly experienced in this and very generous with her knowledge she told me about a program called EVP Maker, which you can download on PCs, but not on Macs. So I also have a PC, and I downloaded it, and it's for free. And I am now making age and sex-appropriate gibberish. So I had my three-year-old Peyton count to 20, so there'd be no word like love in it. 
and then you run it through EDP Maker, which chops it into gibberish. And I got this, I love you. That was so sweet. That I did a reading for a mom who lost a small child, and the sound of the EVPs was sounded like a small child because they can only influence the sound we give them. Right. So I'm working on making gibberish that will be age and sex appropriate. But I, to tell you the truth, I, I'd rather not do a gibberish reading because I can procure infinitely more information using Clipper. But, you know, I understand the parent wanting to hear it for themselves. So I will do both, you know. Oh, it's extraordinary. With your friend, uh, Dr. Joyce, in what you're dictating, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're playing a recording of Clipper and she is dictating a book to you? Yep. Yep. Yes. And we're we're on chapter four now. And what's really interesting is we both realize it's quite a collaboration because Clipper has no human vocal. It kind of sounds like, (laughs) and so she'll come on and she'll go, this is the Reverend Dr. Joyce, what you seen? And then she'll go into, but if I think something, I hear my thoughts in the, I hear my thoughts in there. Like if I should stop listening to her and, and look at the cover of a book and read the words lost and found, I'll hear lost and found. So if I get a thought that adds on to what she's saying, she will, if she proves, we put that in the book that she said, well, I'll have to explain that this is truly a collaboration because they call me the medium. Because the medium's thoughts are not, you know, that we're agreeing on everything in a sense. We're concurring. It's just beyond anything I ever thought possible. And, um, but, you know, I'm very glad I've learned the importance of prayer because we would be working on the book and, and people would be showing up and Joyce would say, there's someone here who wants to talk to Mrs. Migdal. And in the beginning, I was so thrilled. I'd go, yes, 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 yes. And I started realizing that it was I was getting people coming on that were inappropriate. One woman asked me to contact her daughter on Facebook and tell her to leave her husband. And I said, I don't even know her. And she said, but he beats her. And I said, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. But you can't use a human to, you know, to do things, to do your bidding for you. And I will only do things that I will only carry a message if I know it's going to do the person good. And so now that I do the prayers, Joyce goes, oh, it's like a whole new ball game over here. The only, we were working on our next chapter, very interestingly. Joyce had, Danny took her to the prayer registry on that side. And, and they said, Danny's mom thought when she formed this, that it was strictly for the bereaved parents to help them feel better on the anniversary day of their child's passing. Little did she know that we would have a domain over here where all the children could come until they were at a point where they were comfortable enough possibly to want to break off and get a group home or, you know, go on whatever they wanted to do. And one girl went on and said, I can't thank you enough for creating the prayer registry. She said, she said, I was like lost in the, like in the seas of sorrow. And my, she had committed suicide, this girl, she said, and she said, Danny comes by like in the free floating life raft and just pulls kids out of the water and says, it's okay. We'll take care of you. We have a place to go. Share your connection with your mother. Don't you worry. And so Joyce decided, Danny took her, in Chapter 4, she explains that Danny took her to the prayer registry domain 
And when she first got in, she saw lots of really young children, like in the nursery setting, being tended to by some of the older children. And they all looked at Danny as their father, and he would pick them up and throw them in the air. And then Joyce had a thought, maybe some of these young people would like to tell their story. She said as soon as she had the thought, she was like bombarded with all these volunteers. So they had a meeting, she said, and they came up with the idea that one child, they would discuss it and one child would speak for all the children who passed by overdose and one child would dictate for all the children who passed by illness. And they, so we just did a majority who passed by leukemia. And it was so absolutely beautiful because as bad as it is over here when they're, when they're sick and they're going through all that, they get over there and especially if their parents register them or Danny finds them and, and, and then they somehow influence their parents to register them, they all become part of something, as she put, bigger than ourselves, where we have the support of each other and eventually when we're comfortable enough to go off on our own then, you know, maybe you might want to live with one other person, but it's like that free floating life raft that pulls them up out of the seas of despair and says, we're okay, you're okay, we're going to help you. So I'm thrilled about that as well. Wow. That's why, you know, at the end of every episode, my listeners always hear me push people to either come to the Afterlife Symposium in September mm-hmm. or go to the website. There is, I believe, so much cutting edge information. Even you remember at the last symposium when Gary Schwartz spoke and he's a scientist and so many people say, oh, there's no science in the afterlife. Well, there is, but and they're out there. You just have to find out who they are. And with you, it's really refreshing to hear this because um, it's. And I'm a regular person and a lay person, just yeah. like any other mother. And so not, I think if there's, but if there's any differences that I've been interested in and right. studying spirit since I was 20, and I'm four, I'm 67 now, so that's 47 years, and so I don't fear it in the way that some people do and I don't doubt it in the way that some people do. Right. And I have some very strong connections such as Harry Edwards, the finest healer who walked the face of the earth since the days Jesus Christ did, who's been working with me for years. So it's you know, for me, people I have been connected with and, and, and this has been such a part of me, um, maybe that is why for me it came as quickly, because they call me a little, you know, the, the the little medium with the heart of a healer, because that's where you know what I've been interested in for forty seven years, and and so I think that that stands for something. But I'm telling you, it's not about high tech scientific anything. No. No. and I don't know whether any of those people have any of this going. But I don't call my phone when I talk to Danny on the phone, the cell phone. I call it the EVP line yes. because it is a line to spirit that we're creating through the use of electronic voice phenomenon. And it doesn't take high-tech machinery. It takes the desire on both sides to be in touch. It takes the love between a parent and a child to make that connection. And you can have the most sophisticated machines and get all this money and put all this equipment together and flatline, because it's not about that. It's about spirit being willing to work with you. And they will work with those who are coming from the heart, not from the pocketbook. I don't charge for my work. Fortunately, I don't have to because my husband's made it decent enough living in real estate that I do not have to charge. But um, 
I have nothing against people charging for their work. A medium has to eat and, right. you know, a healer has to eat. But I think there are many people out there that are in it for the money, the ego, the prestige, and I don't think spirit will want to work with them. No, I think there are, spirit, Sherry, no. in every field. No. Oh, absolutely in every field. But this is such an esoteric yeah. field that people can easily have the wall pulled over their head. Mm-hmm. And look, there's terrible lawyers, there's terrible doctors. We've all had experiences with people who, you know, are are not what as good as we would want them to be. But um, I do think a key connect, a key component to all this isn't the sophistication of your equipment. It's the love in your heart and the desire to help others. If you have that and you want to do this, you can do it on a little tele- I mean, I, when Vicky was first contacted by her son, Brady, she just started getting messages on her cell phone. She didn't have any fancy equipment, you know, it just, she just started coming through going, mom, pick up the phone. Wow. So it's matters of the heart that rule the spirit. Spirit doesn't give a damn about fancy equipment. They certainly better equipment will make a clearer recording. But spirit comes for those who are coming from a place of wanting to serve. Yeah. And I love actually, you you hear me, sorry to interrupt so much. I wish we were sitting right face to face because then I would know when you're coming up for air. (laughs) But it's the technology age. And I think, you know, in some of these episodes, we talk about trans mediumship, physical mediumship, which is all extraordinary. And I think technology can be a detriment in that field because we're not spending the time to quiet our mind and connect. But on the flip side of that, we have the whole world of uh, electronic voice phenomena and ITC, the instrumental transcommunication. And I think right. like right. the days when the first telephones came out, I mean, that was a big deal. And right. then when the big, when the new the cell phones came out, they were big and bulky and, and crazy. Right. And now, right. now, you know, we can do FaceTime and all these things. And it's getting <laughs> enough interested people that everything you know, especially with this and recordings, you know, I hope to wake up or get some passion with people that say, you know what, I'm I'm going to try that. I'm going to go to her website and I'm going to dabble in this. Because I tell you, you get your first voice and you may have voices that you just can't hear, but there is nothing like it. I only got the no, backbone know, to share about um, life after death mm-hmm. after I could mm-hmm. play my EVP and then well, other ones exactly. for people. Exactly. What you're saying, with with me, I did not know I was a medium. And for years and years and years, I would hear things that I couldn't differentiate if it was my imagination or a message from spirit. And often when a woman would join the prayer registry, I would feel their kid wanted me to say something. And I'd sit there and think, dare I say this? Am I just imagining this? And 95% of the time, if I said it, they'd go, oh, my God. But I would never call myself a medium because I wasn't sure. And I never want right. to be a charlatan. What's so great about EVP for me is that I hear it in my head and then I get the validation. And I was been told by my spirit team that the only reason I can hear it so well through something like Clipper is because I hear it first in my head and then I hear it. And then I can actually hear it in the electronic sound. But if I didn't hear it in the electronic sound, I would not have known that it was for real. Yes. So for people who, you know, are not able to really totally trust what they hear, 
agency gives you that validation and it's, it's exciting as all hell. <laughs> oh my gosh, it is. Would you talk about your latest book, Eternity is Real and Death is a Myth? Oh yes, I love this book because it's a beautifully illustrated um, with original photographs from my oldest and bestest friends since we were like 13 years old. Eternity is Real and Death is a Myth is a little book of quotes on life after death with my commentary on why this quote has meaning to me, what it means to me. But each quote is then, each page has one of Joni's beautiful original photographs. So it's a great coffee table book. It's hardcover because it's so pretty. And it's the kind of thing where you could pick it up and just read one quote with the commentary and ruminate that all day long. It's, it's not a book where you read chapter after chapter, but you just get a beautiful quote. And the quotes are from, you know, from, I mean, there's one from the Bible, but, you know, their quotes are from people like Eben Alexander and Raymond Moody and Rumi and, you know, um, the, the list, Adolf Huxley and Rabbi Earl Groman, Hildebrand, Sir Oliver Lodge, you know, like it's, it's very varied, the list of authors. Um, PMH, is it Atwater? Yes, you yes. know, and so it goes the second letter of the of St. Paul to the Corinthians. So it's like varied quotes that all point to the same realization, which is that eternity is real and death is a myth. And I call that iradium, because that's if you were to take the E-I-R. So we always, when I'm talking to my spirit team, they will say, we must teach the truth of iradium, because once people understand that eternity is real, and death as we think of it is a myth because, yes, there's death to the body, we know that, but there's never death to the spirit. And when they realize that the body is just a camouflage to a greater reality in which we are all the same, then why would we, wouldn't war stop? I mean, why would you be, we are all the same when it's one spirit that flows beneath these individual appearances, religions, skin colors. And so I think it's very important that we get the truth of erodium out to people because you can't hate your brother when he's exactly the same as you. And beneath this physical camouflage, we are all the same spirit. Yes, and so we are. I love this book because it's not as, it's not a book like my others in which, you know, you're going to sit down and read a book. It's more of that every day, read a quote, look at the beautiful photograph, think about what it means, maybe read two or three if you want. And it's very, Joni's photographs are so gorgeous that it's it's a really beautiful book. It makes a wonderful gift and a wonderful coffee table, bedside Mm. book, you know. Yeah, my book is on order. I ordered it on Amazon. (laughs) It hasn't come in yet. And and it's a nice gift to give. I mean, It's a wonderful gift. I always think of... You know, when people are expecting their child, there's a book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. And all as exciting as it is, but what do we do when a a loved one has passed? You know, we want to be able to comfort them. And that's one of the reasons I wrote my book. Yeah, and yours as well. Yep. And, Um, you know, initially we made it in a paperback, and it it looked like a pamphlet. And I said, you know what, we're going to put a hardcover on it because it's too important to look like a pamphlet. <laughs> and I just love it. I have it sitting in front of me, and I love the work Joni did, the way she laid it out. I love each and every quote. And I worked very hard on the commentary to try to yes. help readers understand and interpret 
what these quotes were saying. So I think it will be very well received. And, you know, I, and also the Grieving Parents Handbook. Now that's available as a free download at jerrypearl.com. That's right. And any parent that is in need of it or any person, you don't have to be a parent. It, it was written by myself, but by many of the moms that are members of what I call the prayer team, meaning very, you know, we all pray for each other's children on their passing date. And it's a book that's more of a hand to hold, especially if you've just suffered a loss, because I yes. raised three questions, three questions we all ask ourselves. Why me? Was this my fault? And is it, how am I going to live with this? And each mom went on and spoke from their heart and gave talked about what helped them, talked about what hurt them, talked about how they got through. It's like a hand to hold. And it's downloadable. You can print out as many copies as you want or just read it online. Right there at my website. Right on your website. And so also to learn about recording EVPs are right on your website. Yep. And And it's for free. The whole slideshow is free. Love it. And all the components you need to download to make it work, we made free. So, I mean, it's a, it, you just, it, and again, I said, if you can't follow the slideshow because you're really timid with computers, a, a computer tech person could do it in 45 minutes, I'm sure. Yeah. Can it's you really, talk? For them, it would be a, a yeah, little bit ahead. about the upcoming symposium from your point of view, why people should come, and what is it you're going to be speaking on there? Well, I'm going to, of course, speak on EDT and play examples of many of the EDTs that I've gotten. Excellent. And I'll also be speaking just about how to connect with a loved one, not electronically, how to do it through the many ways that it can be done from, oh my goodness, I mean, thoughts, images, beliefs, dreams, feelings, uh, you know, so, so I'll have one, both of, both of the groups I will hold will be about how to make contact with loved ones, whether you do it electronically or you do it through your gut feelings and your dreams. And that's what I will do. But I know AREI brings together all kinds of people who are involved in the afterlife work. Sonia Rinaldi will be there again from Brazil, and she's working now not so much with the voices, but with trans images. That's amazing. What I saw last year. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Amazing. She gets images I know. of children people's, and all kinds and of people. And people's loved ones. So Oh gave me goosebumps to see so, that that's possible. And she's such a dear. I just love mm-hmm. Sonia. And she's um she will be there and Suzanne Wilson who's an excellent medium will be there and I'm sure she'll do some gallery readings. And they bring people who will present to you how they are connected with the afterlife and what their work is and how you can become involved. And so if you're interested in the afterlife and you want a good, thorough education, I think you will be exposed to all the cutting-edge work that's being done in the field. And that's what you want if you want to learn about the afterlife, because you're not going to learn about it at Harvard. No. Yeah. And even for you know, some people that can't make the trip, eventually we'll have uh, some videos online and create an online I'm university. Sure. That's what's coming. Sure. But even go to afterlife, so afterlifesymposium.org and just click on some of the speakers. And 
you're going to be amazed at that this kind of stuff is possible. And it is. And I think it is amazing. It is amazing. It's yeah. hard for some of us. I know when I was starting out, I know without having those EVPs, I was scared to share with people, this is what I'm doing. And <laughs> lo and behold, you know, that when we start, we'd get a backbone when we can see that this person's doing this in this realm and this is happening in this oh, realm. Yeah. And you start seeing so right. or listening to your audios and the videos of Sonia, the pictures. You're and so right. So many you other things. You need to have others. You need yep. to come and, you know, you need to share this with others because if you look at, for, all, for every one of us that believes this way, there are probably 10 others that don't. And we definitely think that we ought to be locked up. So, oh, I think it's the other way around, mm-hmm. Sherry. I think there's right. more of us that believe, but there's a ton of us that are too afraid to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Because when I came out with my book, I was petrified what people would think. And more people than not said, you know what, I've always believed or here's something that happened to me and mm-hmm. I've been too afraid mm-hmm. to tell anybody. So I think if we can give well, people that, that, as well. that, that backbone. Well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you get, you know, the support from others. Correct. Thoroughly believe in the afterlife. Um, and it's just a fascinating few days. So yeah. if people can make it. I highly recommend it. I will certainly be there doing my thing. And, and me Sonya too. will be there doing her thing. And, and AREI now has Zoom meetings online where yes. you can go on. And they're run a lot by Wendy Zamet with the help of Karen Jarvie. Yeah. I think they're doing one on Sunday night that they're having some amazing medium speaking. So there is education for those that can't travel to Arizona mm-hmm. through AREI. They're committed to wanting to get people educated in this field. So, you know, if you're someone who really can't make it, go to AREI and look up, you know, when they're having their Zoom meetings because they're not charging. You can, you know, sit in on a meeting and, and learn quite a bit that way. That's afterlifeinstitute.org is AREI. And for our listener, again, just look in the description and I've got live links you can you can click on. And... Uh, Sherry, any closing words? Because I'm just looking at the time, and it's time to draw this to an end. Well, or just the beginning. Words, <laughs> well, closing words would be: believe in yourself, trust your own feelings. The first premise and the first step to any of this is just to keep an open mind. You do not need to have certainty. You, you, you know, the doubting mind, doubt, and it will. There will be doubts. All you need is an open mind and an adventurous spirit. And I always say to people, um, you know, we don't need certainty. You know, um, faith doesn't imply certainty. It's something we're certain, self-evident. Why would we need faith? We need faith when we have to make a leap. You know, when they say leap of faith, you need to make a leap into what you're not 100% sure of. And then you will not be disappointed. If you just open your mind and start to make a leap of faith whether you, without certainty, you will, you, it will be revealed to you. But if you come from the place of this is all nonsense and I, you know, I, will not, I will not believe that, you pretty much lock yourself out and you can get signs from the loved one and step right over them. So just open your mind. Keep your mind open and it will be revealed to you. Beautiful. I think Henry Ford was the one who said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> That's a great one. So if if you think you can receive a message, 
from your loved one or you think you can't, you're right. So right, because you, it's exactly, possible. You will follow, absolutely. It is so possible. And it's more than possible. Um, there is an invisible world of spirit that yep. interpenetrates everything that we see. And in order to experience it, you need to just open your mind and start exploring. And you will find, you know, there's a quote in, in the little book that says, I'm looking for it now, where it says, death unmasked, you know, that, here it is, it says, it's by an Oliver Goldsmith, and it says, death when unmasked shows us a friendly face and is a terror only at a distance. And that's been my experience, that once you unmask it and start exploring, what you find is that, oh my goodness, it's, you know, it, 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 it's so, it's, there's nothing frightening about it. But if you're afraid to approach it, and many people do, the religious upbringings are really afraid to approach it. At a distance, it can seem terrifying. Yes. But once you unmask it and start to explore, you find that it's very friendly. They're wonderful over there. And, you know, as I say, I don't know about you, this is what I say in the book on the end of that quote, but I'd sure like to know what Steve Jobs saw on his deathbed that prompted him to say, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. That's right. So, you know, death is not optional. Most people know more about going to a foreign country than they do about, you know, death, and yet going to a foreign country is optional. Death is not. So wouldn't you want to know? Yeah, and More I think where you're going that's day, why you know? we're doing this. That's, you know, the, the folks at AREI and the symposium and even the guests that I've had on, it's not an ego-based thing. It's about we are souls having a human experience. We can get in touch with the other souls that are no longer having their human experience. Life after death is real. Your loved ones are around. Your life is for a purpose. Oh, I think so right. our heart so gets right. cracked wide open when we grieve, but that is allowing our spirituality and our our search and our adventure to begin. So if you, our well, listener, can hang tight. You know, some, yeah. people are, some, some people are cracked open and some people are, I mean, some people are broken open and others are broken shut. And the yeah. ones that are broken shut are the, are the sad cases because they go into a corner and they mourn their loved ones until they pass and they rock out all the light. But if you're lucky enough, fortunate enough to allow yourself to broken open, you, Karen Jarvie is an example. She did not give the afterlife a second thought until she lost her only daughter. It was just the two of them. And she immediately, just immediately had to know. And she is now, I feel, one of the leading teachers and she helpers is. in this field. She's spectacular. And many people don't give the afterlife a second thought until they lose someone they can't live That's without. Right. But whatever brings you there, we're all going there. We might as well know where we're going. Mm-hmm. Well, Sherry, thank you for all the work you've done and you continue to do and your passion. And you're definitely someone you're out welcome. to make a difference. So I thank you. And for oh, our, I thank you for having me on and giving me the opportunity of to express these ideas. <laughs> I'm so proud of you and everything you've done recently. And when you and I spoke not too long ago, it's like, I've got to have you on again. This is amazing. But for our listener, thank you. I'm very excited. (laughs) Thank Thank you you so much, all the listeners. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. 
for listening. Uh, every episode's unique, different. It's all good. Um, listen for what inspires you. Take the gold from each. I know that there's might be some things that aren't of interest and some things that are. So find the truth that resonates for your life. I think we're the only ones can discern that. Our home base is we don't die radio.com of all past episodes. I have a free audio called How to Survive Grief there. I've got a, a PDF file. It's I think five or six pages. It's Sandra's 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife. And you can read several chapters of my book. Yeah, all at WeDon'tDieRadio.com. So in closing, my name's Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so excited to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.